0: Thank you for checking out Faith City's podcast. We believe you'll be blessed by the Word of God today. We've been uh, talking in this series called Thank God, and we've been finding things to thank God about every week. How many know sometimes as Americans it's easy to become self-centered, it's easy to lose focus, it's easy... To, to realize, I'm not putting this down. I'm, we're one of the most blessed nations on the planet. It's amazing. I'm glad I'm here. I'm glad that I can serve and worship God without uh, issue, without somebody coming in here and, and, and taking us to prison. It's amazing, right? Sometimes I think we lose our focus and we, we lose our thankful attitude. And that's something that Jesus always portrayed on this earth. You know, every time he would pray for somebody or talk to the Father, he would say, I thank you, Father, for this. I thank you, Father, for this healing. I thank you, Father, for multiplying this. He was always thankful. It's the attitude that Christ showed. But I believe this, that as individuals, we're created by God with purpose. We're not here by accident. It's with purpose. And I think many times we forget that we can't fulfill that purpose without others helping. Sometimes we want to do it on our own. And, and sometimes man-made religion has made us do this. We kind of, we focus on ourselves. I'm going to have more faith. I'm going to pick myself up my bootstraps more, more, more. I'm going to prove myself to God when actually Jesus already proved himself to God through the cross, the burial, and the resurrection. And then we have a free gift called salvation. And we're all those things because of what he's done for us. And so it's not about what we do for God. Sure, you'll do things. The Bible says that he's put good works, created us with good works beforehand. Why? So that we should walk in them. But sometimes we get focused on the work instead of relationship with our Heavenly Father. And when we lose that focus, what happens? We face burnout. We, f- we feel we're unworthy. And we feel like we can't do it. So we know this. We know that God is on our side. If you've been here for any amount of time, you know that God's on your side. He's in your corner. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. But you know that we need people, too, in this life to accomplish what God's brought. In Genesis chapter 2, verse 18, God said this. This is God talking. He said, it is not good for the man to be alone. He said, it's not good for the man to be alone. And he says this, I will make a helper who is just right for him. I found this interesting. You know the word alone here in the Hebrew is the word bad, B-A-D. That's how it's spelled. That's how you say it. It's bad. So I read that, and I just had to kind of chuckle. I went, wow, so being alone really is bad, isn't it? Now, I have this personality where I like to get away. I like to have my time alone, just ask my wife. I love to read. Sometimes she's like, okay, enough with the reading. The family's here. So I like to be a family man, but there's times I like to pull away. It's my personality. And that type of being alone is okay. But being alone or lonely is not okay. It's not a good place to be. And so I want to talk about this today. Really, the title would be this, Thank God for Good Friendships. And the subtitle would be this, I'm not in this alone. Isn't it nice to know that you're not in this life alone, in this journey alone? Thank God for good friendships. Will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we thank you once again for this opportunity to look into your word. We thank you that it's your word that changes us, that changes our minds, helps us see differently. That's the word repentance. I pray today that repentance would happen. It's not rolling and groveling on the ground, oh, I'm sorry. It's saying, wow, Lord, I see a different way. I see the way that you made for me. It's so good. I choose today to go that way. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that this is your words, not mine, your opinion, not mine. And we thank you for this. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. So how many here love to go to the movies? Yeah? Heathens. No, I'm just joking. We love going to the movies. In fact, we just went to the movies a couple days ago with the kids. It was Friday, and the wife's like, hey, you want to go to the movie? And I'm like, I got nothing else to do. I'm a pastor. I'm just joking. So <laughs> that's not true right now, right? We're in a pretty busy season. But, but I was like, yeah, let's do it. So we went to the movie, and, and we like going to the movie. But this is crazy. We, we go into the theater. We buy four tickets. We buy four drinks. It costs 40 bucks. Thank God I'm blessed. I'm like, 40 bucks? Four tickets, four drinks, 40 bucks. Now, we don't do this often, but I have to come completely clean with you this morning, okay? Okay? Bruce, are you ready for this? You'll still love me in the morning? Okay. So we got our drinks. My wife's looking at me like, don't say this. We got our drinks. We got our tickets. But see, we had already bought some candy before we went in. I know, and this might be in Periscope or podcast. I could be in prison later today. I don't know. but So so my wife stops. She goes, hey, we grab something to eat. She goes, we're going to the movie. And I said, hey, why don't you grab some?" Now, I, I have a reason why, okay? Because they just don't have good snacks there. It's not about the prices. Come on now. When I can get a bag like this or a bag like this, which one do I want? A bag like this for $5 or a bag like this for 3 right? I'm using wisdom. It's godly wisdom. I'm spirit-led. Here's the other thing. I really like peanut butter M&Ms, but they don't carry them at the theater. They have those little things. What do they call them? Reese's Pieces. Give me a break. It's just pieces. I want like big balls of peanut butter with chocolate around it, right? It's amazing. So that's my excuse. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. So we walk in. Now, before we go in, my youngest, our beautiful surprise Aiden, he's just absolutely wonderful. I have a grandchild that's older than him. Isn't that awesome? And he's still uncle, though, right? So we're walking in, and before we do, I said something I shouldn't have said because I, I led him into a life of deception and lies. I said, When we go in, don't mention anything about the candy. Okay? We're, <laughs> And it is easier in the winter, right? Because we got big coats and stuff, so you can put. Anyway, so we're walking in, and and, and and he had his Mike and Ike's, and they had stuff they liked, and they don't have those there either. We just want to bless our children, so they had this. We had this stuff in in, in I'd say our purse, her purse, I don't carry a purse most days, and in my pockets. And so we walk in. Well, I'm just kind of moseying around looking at stuff, and I come back. Now I just told Aiden we don't mention anything about the candy. I should have not said anything because we're standing at the counter, and I hear, with a loud voice, because if you know Aiden, he doesn't have a quiet voice. The loud voice, he goes, hey, we already have our Mike and Ikes, don't worry about it. (laughs) And Ethan, to make it worse, goes, (laughs) you know, starts freaking out, and I'm like, it's okay, he has problems, you know. He says it again. He says it again. He says, we already have Mike and Ikes, we're good. I'm like, oh my gosh. So here's my son. Now, here's the thing about Aiden. He's just, he's, he's six years old, and, and he's a sanguine. And if you know sanguines, you can't tell them anything. If you tell them, if it's a surprise, they're going to know. I'll give you another example about Aiden. One day we're getting up, we're getting ready. I don't know exactly where we're going, but we had to drop Ethan off somewhere. And he comes into my room, and he says, hey, Dad, can we go to Tim Hortons this morning? Now, he loves Tim Hortons and Crust. And for some reason, he loves just going and getting sandwiches and breakfast stuff. It's like a really cool thing to him. And I said, well, maybe we can. But I said, let's not say anything to Ethan because he can't be with us. And I don't want him to feel, I know, Mr. Deception. You guys are all gonna leave after this service. <laughs> I didn't want Ethan to feel bad because we didn't have time. I had to drop him off. I said, Yeah, we'll make it a, a daddy, daddy son thing, right? So this is what he says. He walks right out of the room. He goes, Hey Ethan. So what he goes, we're not going to Tim Hortons today. <laughs> See, he listened to what I said, but and Ethan went, Seriously, you guys are going to Tim Hortons without me? (laughs) See, he knew, didn't he? This is how sanguine kids are. They'll just tell everything, won't they? See, why do I use this story today? Because as we look into this idea of friendship today, I think it's wise that we choose friends according to what is best for us in our life. I think there's different levels, and we'll get into that in just a little bit. There's different levels of friendship that we should have, and I think it's important to revisit this at least once a year, twice a year, together as a family, to reassess and reprioritize who our friends are, how well are they, they, they doing for us. For example, a sanguine is probably not the person you tell all your hopes and your dreams to. Remember the story of Joseph? He told everyone his dreams. He ended up in a well and then sold into slavery. It's not good to tell everyone your dreams. So I want to talk about this today. Let's talk about thanking God for good friendships. I think it's important to choose wisely when it comes to friendships. Who we surround ourselves with, who we trust with our struggles. You hear that? It's good to trust somebody with your struggles, with your issues. Be transparent. Be open. The Bible says to confess your faults to one another. Why? So healing may come. It's great to have someone you can have confidence in. You can tell them, I'm having an issue. Will you pray with me? Will you help me? And be open. But that other person not going, well, just have more faith and just pray more. Maybe they need someone to to empathize and sympathize with them and pray for them. That's okay. Amen? Someone we can trust for their struggles. Someone who we can tell our dreams and our goals. I want to look at Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10. We're going to start with verse 22. It says this, So let's do it. Full of belief, confident that we're presentable inside and out. Let's keep a firm grip on the promises that keep us going. He always keeps his word. and that amazing? God always keeps his word. And then he says this, Let's see how inventive, I love that word, we can be in encouraging love and helping out. Not avoiding worship together as some do, but spurring each other on, especially as we see the big day approaching. Now, this is interesting to me. He says to be inventive in encouraging love and helping out. Let me ask you a question. Is is that what the church, the universal church of Jesus Christ, is that what it looks like today? I, I have to say that many times it doesn't. But I'd also say this, that it should. We should be a place where people come, they're encouraged in love. Amen? They're helped out, however they may be. Maybe it's financially. Maybe it's emotionally. Maybe it's just someone to talk to. Maybe it's someone to pray with. Maybe someone just needs a smile from you to them. But sometimes we get so caught up in ourselves. And this isn't a hard message. I'm just saying sometimes we need to, especially in this place, be a safe place where we can open up, be transparent, and be open to people's needs. That's why we're here. We should get to a place as believers that we're good with who we are in Christ. Not that we've arrived, but we're good. We know who we are. We know who our Father is. And we know what that means. Why? So then we can be a help to other people. But he also says this, not avoiding worship together. Why would he say something like that? Another version says... Do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together. How many know we're the church? I said it earlier. This is just a building. But we assemble together. It's important. Why? To stir up good works, to stir up love. But you know what? I think the way he said this, we could simply say it like this. Don't avoid others. Don't avoid others. And I think we do a pretty good job in this this church. And you know, yes, there sometimes cliques conform. I understand that. But let me say on the other side of it, Sometimes there's people who, the people sometimes who say there's the cliques or the issues and no one likes me are the very people that don't know how to reach out themselves. The Bible says that, that he who has friends shows himself friendly. In other words, if you're friendly, there's a good chance you'll have friends. So maybe sometimes we can look at ourselves and go, why does it look like there's clicks? Why do I feel this way? And then realize, man, I just feel like I'm not good enough. I feel like I'm unworthy. Uh, maybe my past or things my parents said to me or in school. And, you know, some people are like, school were the best years of my life. For me, they sucked. I was so glad to get out of school because I wasn't cool. I had to pretend to be. I didn't feel like I measured up. I had self-esteem issues, and it showed later in life because I made stupid decisions because of low self-esteem. But guess what? Now I know who I am in Christ. And although I'm not perfect by any stretch, knowing who you are in Christ makes all the difference in the world because my confidence now comes from Him. I'm not wrapped up in my, being a pastor. Am I good enough as a pastor? Or am I good enough as a father? I want to be a great pastor. I want to be a great father. I want to be a great husband. But see, my identity is wrapped up in Christ. And as it's wrapped up in Christ, guess what? It flows over, it falls over, it trickles over to all those facets, facets of my life and I start to see things differently and I start to see myself act and work differently. So maybe you're in that situation where you think, man, I, really, to be honest, I just have low self-esteem or I don't think I measure up. Start reaching out to people. Say hello first instead of someone else saying hello to you. But I think it's important as we look at this, that that what he's really saying is to not avoid each other. Don't be a loner. Why? Because you can't do life on your own. Another portion of scripture that the Apostle Paul wrote, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, starting with verse 12, it says, The human body has many parts, but the many parts make up the one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. Verse 14. Yes, the body has many different parts not just one part. Now, I think this is amazing. If you've taken any types of science classes in school or anatomy, we know that we have a whole body, right? But it's made of tons of individual parts. And what he's saying, he's making this comparison and saying this is the same way that the body of Christ functions. In verse 15, he says, if the foot says, I am not a part of the body because I am not a hand, that does not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear says, I am not part of the body because I am not an eye, would that make any less a part of the body? Verse 17, if the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? That'd be kind of freaky, wouldn't it? There's an eyeball walking down the street. Or if your whole body were an ear, how would you smell anything? Skip down to verse 24. So God has put the body together such that extra honor and care are given to those parts that have less dignity. This makes for harmony among the members, so that all the members care for each other. If one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. And if one part is honored, all the parts are glad. Now, right now you're going, okay, what does this have to do with friendship? This sounds more like one of those, hey, you haven't been to church in a while, so uh, let's not forsake the assembling of the believers together. Yes, that's what he's being specific and what he's talking about. I think that applies to us meeting together, but... I think it also shows us the importance of not being alone, of not living life alone. And if that's the case, I think it's important that we look at our friendships, we look at our relationships, and we say, wow, is this relationship I'm in right now helping me? See, that could sound a little selfish, but God cares about you. He's your father. You're his son. You're his daughter. So he looks down at you, and and have you ever had a son or a daughter in a relationship that you just weren't too fond of? And you're like, how do I say something to them? Why? Because you care. You see maybe the destruction that's happening in their life. Maybe you see the way they're going. Maybe certain friends are pulling them the wrong way. So as a parent, you're concerned. Well, don't you think God as a parent is concerned about us just as well? So what does this have to do with friendship? Friendship. I think it has everything to do with it because it's about choosing who you surround yourself with. Why? Because it matters. And it's important to have others. Why? Because we can't do this life alone. I think a lot of times in church, we feel as if, and maybe this is my personal experience, we feel as if somehow I have to prove myself to people around me that I'm okay. We're scared maybe to open up. Now, I'm not saying that we just come in and we just fall to pieces on the floor and cry and weep all the time. You might not have a lot of friends. But we find people who really care, and we open up. We be transparent. We be honest and say, hey, I'm going through some struggles. And you seem like a person who cares. Will you pray with me? Can you help me work through this? Can I get your number? Maybe we can get coffee. Things like that. You know, like Jesus would, spending time with people, loving them, accepting them where they were. You know, Jesus accepted people first. And then what happened from that? What transpired? Change. It's the same thing here when we meet in this building. So where are our friendships? I wrote this down. Every decision we make affects others for good or for bad because we're in this thing together. It makes me think about uh, bees, and you're like, bees? Do you know that bees, um, when they pollinate, this is a cool fact, through pollination, they're responsible for up to a quarter of the world's food supply. And it's been said, scientists have said this, that if, if bees cease to exist, we would be able to live approximately four years without them. So look at that relationship just with bees. I mean, the, today is what? Thank God for good friendships, but let's thank God for bees, right? There's a person in the back going, no, they're reaching for their EpiPen right now. I understand. But we're thankful for bees. Why? Because we work together. We help each other. And that's really what the body of Christ is. And friendships are so important. I think the right friendships are a key to our success and what God has called us to do. 1 Corinthians 15.33 says this, Do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. Friendships are an important part of our lives. How many would agree? But today what I want to do is I just want to run through the four levels of friendship so we can get a grasp of this and maybe... Assess where we are in relationships with people and in friendships with people. It's four levels. I like to refer to it as the four A's of friendship. Level one, acquaintances. Acquaintances. These are people you see regularly. You know their names and a bit about their lives. You share small talk with them about the weather or what team won the game or who's going to win the Super Bowl. This is someone like maybe your local barista. Which, by the way, would be here at City Capes, Cityscapes, City Capes? Cityscapes Cafe, right? But maybe your local barista, or maybe your favorite server. Maybe you have a restaurant in the area by your house you love, you go. Uh, you like, you know, Rebecca, or, or you like Hassan, uh, or whoever wants to help you and serve you because you know them on a first name basis. You're cordial to them. This is an acquaintance. And I think it's important that we have these acquaintances. Maybe they know your usual order, even that far. But guess what? It's only a first-name basis. It's not someone that you would necessarily invite to the family reunion or to the barbecue, right? But see, I think it's important to note something about acquaintances here. Sometimes what happens as Christians, as believers, is we read scriptures like, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, right? And suddenly the world becomes this, this jaded, negative thing, and we're like, keep the world out, keep the world out. All of a sudden, we're in our four walls, and someone comes in looking for Jesus. Maybe they look or smell a little different, and suddenly we, oh, I don't know about this. I think the world's all over them. See, acquaintances are important. Acquaintances are those people that, that we know, and I think we should know, and we should be open to. What I'm saying is we should be open to relationship with anybody as an acquaintance. This level one. Anybody can be your friend. I'd say if there's anybody that wants to have a friend and you're there and they want you to be their friend, be their friend. But, you know, they don't go to the same church and they believe differently. Yeah? How are they going to hear the light? How are they going to hear the goodness of the Father or his love unless it comes from your mouth? But if we go, oh, stay away, you're the world. It's kind of ridiculous when you think about it. I mean, because Jesus, what did he do? He got all up and mixed right in with all those peeps, didn't he? And the religious leaders are the ones who said, how dare he? How can he sit and eat with these sinners? And what did Jesus say? Listen, it's the sick who need a doctor, not the well. He came to help people. He accepted them where they were. But but I'm afraid, maybe I'm condoning something. Listen, accepting people and condoning are two different things. Just love people. Be there for people. Be a light. Act like Jesus. Remember him? The guy that the religious people hated? Because he was messing up their system and he was hanging out with the wrong people. You know, you would think when he called his 12 disciples that he would have went to the synagogue or the temple and got the holiest of holy people. But no, he got tax collectors and fishermen with foul mouths and foul attitudes and foul breath. Why? He wanted to show the world something different. That he was accepting of every person. Level 1, acquaintances. Level 2, had to keep this in A's so we're going to go with amigos. I did that for Chad. Amigos. What are amigos? They're buddies. They're friends. They're the type of people that you play with. You know, you're, you're up for a night on the town with them, or maybe you join that volleyball league or that, that um, softball league with them, or they just want to go to the movies and hang out. It's these types of people. Now, with amigos or buddies, You don't necessarily talk about politics or religion or spirituality. If it is, it's very light because they're just the people you hang out with, right? This is level two, your amigos. It's important to have these. But they're a little bit deeper than that level one acquaintances. But again, you're not getting into deep conversation with them. In fact, you might already kind of know where they lean in certain areas of life. You're like, I'm not going to rock the boat. We just play volleyball together, right? But see, we still can love and be the light and show them who Jesus is. Number three, level three, advisors. Advisors, people who are confidants. This level of friend is one you turn to for advice. Someone you trust. You trust their input, and you value their opinions. They may be a little more educated or uh, well-read than level two friends. Uh, They certainly have some insight into biblical things. As a believer, when I go to someone with an issue, or I want to talk it out at this level, I would hope that they would give me some some knowledge that's godly knowledge, not necessarily the world's idea of things because sometimes the world's idea just doesn't work out. It doesn't. It might make sense in the natural, but I want someone who has some good counsel for me. This is the level three, the advisors, and it's important to have these in our lives. But level four, this is a tough one here. Level four is accountability. Sometimes I think a church that really... We center on the grace of God, his goodness, his love towards us, the fact that we've been made new creations in Christ, which means we're brand new at the core, which means we have brand new desires and want-tos that line up with God. And although sometimes we don't do the things right, when we do something wrong, it just doesn't feel right because it doesn't go well with who we really are. You know, we're all learning that, right, who we really are. I think it's important, though, to still have people you can be accountable to. Level four, accountability very private, close and personal. Let me say this. If you are married here today, your spouse should be your best friend. Amen. I mean, if you have no other best friend on this planet, it should be your spouse. Now, for some of us, it's like, we're roommates, dude. You, it, it's, it, there's no best friend about this. That's okay. You know what? God can work on you and work on them and work through that situation. Uh, Kristen and I didn't have the best marriage the whole time. First couple words were, it felt like a whole world. The first couple years were a living hell, it seemed like. I have friends of mine who the first two or three years seemed like, how are we even making this right now? We're doing this just so we can look okay to the church, because my God, if we got a divorce, what would they think? I'm happy to say, after 15 years, almost 16, oh, baby man, I'm so in love with this woman. She is absolutely amazing. God sent her to me. She's helped me. She's helped me to see things differently. She's helped me to see God differently. We've helped each other. I'm telling you what, you can get to that point, but it takes time and it takes work. What I'm trying to say is our spouse should be our best friend. Because to be honest with you, best friends, they only come along every so often. Sometimes, People never really get to this point where they have a best friend. You know, I've only had two best friends like this, other than my wife, males. Two best friends in my life. One when I was in my younger years, through my teens, we lost touch. And one now, my best friend. Best friend in the world. I could talk to him about anything. He understands me. I can tell him what's going on. I can tell him my dreams. He won't laugh about it or laugh at me. He understands. He'll give me biblical counsel. He cares about me. He's got my back. He's not going to go and tell my stuff to everybody else. I'll tell you, it's tough to find someone like that. And if you say, I don't have anybody like that, and I'm married, that's okay. The Bible says that there's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. His name is Jesus. Maybe that's where you can start today. Jesus, I just got to talk to you about some stuff. Do you know that prayer is just talking to God? Sometimes we make it some big thing. Like, did I get my prayer time in? Did I did I get my prayer time in? Uh, okay, ten minutes. Okay, that's it. Twenty seventeen. I'm doing ten minutes a day, and I'm going to work up. and And it becomes this like habit. And I've said this before, but imagine, just imagine, if my wife's talking to me one morning, and I've got a little checklist. And I'm like, oh, just a minute, and I see the time, and I check. What are you doing? I'm checking off. I got ten minutes with you this morning. Isn't that awesome? She'd be like, you're a jerk. And I. And, <laughs> And I probably wouldn't get a kiss, right? No, she loves me more than that. It'd be a little kiss here, not on the lips, right? But see, if my relationship with her was a checklist that I did, do you realize sometimes we make God a checklist? And he's not so concerned about the time. He's looking at the quality. He's looking at, will you just spend some time with me? I've got great things to say. And this is what's so cool about our Father God. He always says good things about you. He says you're righteous. You're holy you're pleasing, you're acceptable. But but God, I, but, but I just sinned. I know, Jesus covered that. And we can work on that together. Oh, you're looking at the disciplines, but guess what? That's never going to happen unless we develop relationship together and you understand my heart and, and, and I understand yours. See, I already know how you tick. Understand my heart. And all of a sudden, you look back and it'd be two months and three months and four months and you go, I, I'm, not, I'm not doing that anymore that addiction's like just almost magically went away. No, it's not magic. It's called relationship with your Heavenly Father. When you know you're loved, when you know you're righteous and pleasing and acceptable and holy because He made you that way, it changes how you view yourself. So if you don't have a best friend, maybe Jesus is where you start. But can we see the importance of friendships? Can we see that level one acquaintances is important? I think we should be a light to everybody we come in contact with. It doesn't mean that we have perfect days all the time, but maybe a smile on your face. Maybe an encouraging word to somebody. Sometimes I do that just to get over myself and what I'm going through at that current moment. Level two, amigos, buddies. You know, you might not talk real deep, but guess what? Another chance, an opportunity to share the love of Christ with a friend. And level three, advisors, confidants, People you can trust, maybe not with the deepest struggles and and. and dreams and desires, but people you can actually talk to and know that you get good good, godly counsel from them. And level four, the most important, that level of accountability. So if we were to evaluate our friendships today, are there any that need to be reprioritized in your life? Or perhaps you're in a situation where you're like, I just need new good friends. I don't have any. Because we might look around and think, man, uh, Why am I going this way? Why am I thinking this way? Wow, it's my friends. Now, this isn't trying to down anybody. It's not a I'm better than them thing. But it's, Lord, I want to be the best I can be. You've made me better than this. I don't have to live like that. I don't have to act like that. You see how it's just a response to his love and who he's made you to be rather than a law you have to live or else? That's the place we have to live from. So I'm telling you, every time you put a law on yourself, man, rules are made to be broken. Somehow, some way, one week, one month, one year, you're going to slip, you're going to fall, you're going to fail. If your whole idea of life as a Christian is to manage sin and try to be better in your own strength. It's about realizing your Heavenly Father loves you. He wants a relationship with you. He desires for you to act exactly like he made you to be. So he's saying, come to me. Share all your stuff with me. Talk it out. I'm your dad. It's so important. And it's so important who we surround ourselves with. So which people in your life really mean something to you? Who makes the difference in your life? Have you thought about how the people closest to you, the ones whom you spend the most time with, how they influence you? Think about that for a moment. Think about that even through this week as you have coffee with a friend or hang out with someone or a coworker. Think about, is this helping me in my walk? Now, I'm not saying you just ditch friends. I'm saying we look at the levels they're at, and maybe we restructure and reprioritize a little bit. God designed us to have a relationship. Remember Genesis 2.18? The youth are having a blast on there. (laughs) We're not supposed to journey this world alone, but who do we choose to be in our lives? This is the final scripture for today in Proverbs 17, verse 17. Again, it's not about being better than someone else. I don't want anyone to get that idea. Because we're all on the same, same level, the same playing field. God sees us the same. You're one of two people. You're a believer or you're not. You're righteous or you're not. But we don't even look down our nose at people who aren't righteous, especially if they don't know the message. So we can be that light. You know, you can't preach the gospel by hating people. It just doesn't work. It conf- it's conflicting. We preach the gospel by loving people where they are, and eventually that change will come about. So again, it's not about being better than someone else. It's about making better choices and friendships for yourself. But Proverbs 17, 17 says this, Friends love through all kinds of weather. We have a gauge here. If you want to know who a real friend is, it's someone who loves you through all kinds of weather, through all kinds of season, no matter what you're going through. It's that person that says, I love you. Regardless, okay, yeah, you're being an idiot. Isn't that cool? Our friends can call you idiot and you're still friends. Well, at least for us guys, right? We can fist fight, and then five minutes later, you're like, let's get a beer. I mean, it's like, dude, seriously? Or, or a Pepsi-Cola? Okay. <laughs> and then it says, and families stick together in all kinds of trouble. I've heard people say this often, and it's true. Even in my own life, people have said, the church family here is closer to me than any of my natural blood family. And so family isn't just blood-related, right? That's what's so cool about the body of Christ. We're brothers and sisters together. So friends love through all kinds of weather, and families stick together in all kinds of trouble. Thank God for good friends who have our best interest in mind. Amen. For more information about our ministry here at Faith City, check out faithcity.tv.